everyone. Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are myself, Garrett Wong, and of course, my co-host, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil. Hello there. Hello. How are you? Yes. Look at us both in space. We have nice relaxing space backgrounds yeah beautiful stars you're wearing the voyager season seven hat i see yes i am yeah Yeah. what's the t-shirt you have underneath your jacket is it that's a good question can we see what it is dare says dare Dare. mighty things dare mighty things i like this shirt i don't know where i got it but i i wear it a lot dare mighty things okay so seize the moment seize the day kind of a shirt i love it yes do you see what i'm wearing i'm wearing our new merch here you know it's kind of funky i've never had a sweatshirt a hoodie with two sets of drawstrings which is kind of nifty it's a little gadgety right but this is our new lightweight uh hoodie yeah uh, not yeah. a heavyweight, but a lightweight hoodie. Great for around the house. Great for around the house. Out. Very fitted, you know. And the impetus behind this design was I kept thinking that it would be cool to have something that resembled sort of a Coca-Cola logo. And so this is what this is, basically. Yeah, sort kind of, of a vintage vibe. Yeah, vintage vibe. And that's the feel yeah. that I get off of this hoodie. Very that comfy. is in our store, yeah. everyone. Uh, yeah, very comfy. Deltaflyers.org.org. And you can pick up your Delta Flyers lightweight hoodie. How's the house? Everything coming in order? Everything's good around the holidays here. Winter Mm. has come. Haven't gotten up on the ski slopes yet. Uh, Life is so busy, but uh, can't wait to get out and do some skiing. Yeah, it's beautiful out. It's just beautiful here in Utah. It really is. Yeah. So you have have your skis and your boots, everything? I've got everything. Yeah. Yeah. I got a couple pair of skis. I won't be skiing my powder skis. I've got some off-trail powder skis, some old Scots that I love, uh, Scott skis. That, Scott uh, skis? Yeah. Isn't Scott yeah. the, 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 don't they make the... They make goggles. They, they make, make the goggles. bicycles. They make skis. They have skis too? Yeah. Okay. So what? Yes. Are, what? who makes your other pair of skis then? The other, You said you have powder, all-terrain. And then you have yes, I have atomics or my other skis. Yeah, Yeah, that's my kind of all mountain skis and atomic. Those are good. Yeah, they're really good. We've skied together once. You know that, right? I know. Only once. Only one time. I think it was when my little short film was up at Slam Dance Film Festival in Park City, Utah. You were hauling butt down that mountain. I was like, man, he's hauling. He's not even checking that. You know, usually when you're going down and you, you'll check a couple times to slow yourself down. You weren't even, you were like, screw it. You just, you were uh, like a bullet. A that's bullet what, that's how I tore my ACL. Was I, yeah, I, I figured Because I was much. flying down mountains. Yeah, I had to use all my wherewithal to keep up with you. I was like, dang, oh, he is moving. But you were on a snowboard and I'm on skis. So Was different. I on a board? Yeah, you, you sure? were on a board. Yep. No. Yeah, you were. You were totally boarding. Yes. Really? Because, yeah. Huh. Because I remember after okay. that, I was like, I should try snowboarding because you were really into it. And maybe it was just a phase you were going through. Well, or... Okay. What I recall you still was. Board? I well, No, I don't. I, what I recall was I boarded one day and then the next day with you, I rented skis. And so I was so used to boarding from the prior day that my was, I wasn't as fast on the skis. Like I was more tentative. That was my memory, but maybe I'm you, wrong. I no, I, you, you were definitely on, on a snowboard. On a board. I okay. remember. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer skis because I started on skis, right? A yeah, board for me is like, okay, it's fun, but I'd rather be on skis to be honest. Yeah. So, agreed. Yeah. Huh. 
Interesting. We'll have to revisit we'll have to, the, the, the our ski, ski slopes to our Absolutely. ski time. Yeah. Harry and Tom skiing. Yes. <laughs> the holodeck program that never was. The unfilmed holodeck <laughs> segment, right. right? We could that, that would have been a good holodeck. That would have been cool. For us to have created for sure. Could yeah. you see that? Mary Howard's like, yeah, we're going to Utah. We're going to film a segment of Harry and Tom oh, skiing. I would love it. I would love it. All right. This week's yeah. episode, let's uh, get ready to watch this. It's vis-a-vis. It's a, yes. uh, a French name, vis-a-vis. Yeah. All right. Let's go watch this episode and come back with our recap and discussion. Patreon patrons, stick around for your bonus material. Yes. Hey, everybody, we are back. Hey, yes, ah. we are. Ooh. We are face to face, or as we say in France, vis a vis. Vis a vis is how yeah. we say it. Vis a vis. How's this little reacquainting yourself with the big Tom Paris episode? How was that? I cannot believe, honestly. Yeah. I did not remember any of this. What? Certainly from the title. No, as I was rewatching it, I remembered scenes. But not a ton. I mean, it's crazy because mm. I don't think there's any other episode where Tom Paris has been in literally scene after scene after scene after scene. Yeah, like, this this was your tour de force for sure. Which I, I which is which you weird had no, that I no don't remember. <laughs> um, well, it's weird and it's not weird. Let's just yeah. be honest. <laughs> is it right? I don't know. It's odd. I'm gonna say it's odd. It's odd that you didn't remember that. Yeah, much. it's because there okay. is a lot to do in it. But I yeah. will say. I still stick to my rule of what makes a good Voyager episode. And mm. this does not qualify because it didn't involve a lot of our cast. It was, it was very isolated. Your rule was, does it involve all of the cast? And it does involve all the cast. Yeah, but they don't do a lot. All Until right. the end, Janeway had like three lines or something, like hardly anything. Okay, so one to 10, what are you going to give this one then? I'm going to give this one a 6.5. What are you going to give it? I'm going to give it, I'll give it the same thing. I'll give 6. it a 6.5. 6. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it didn't involve the whole cast enough. And it's not that I hated my performance. There was definitely some choices I would do differently. And it's not that the concept is bad. It just didn't involve the highs and the lows, the comedy, the lighthearted moments. It was just sort of played in a middle zone okay. a lot. All right. No. A little yeah. safe is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's get cracking on this. Let's yes. start with our poetry synopsis. My haiku for vis-a-vis. Tom works on his car. Steth steals Tom's identity. Real Steth saves the day. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. That is a perfectly encapsulated haiku i'm going to be self-critical it was a safe haiku <laughs> I, I wasn't yeah. it was middle of the road which kind of fits this episode kind of the middle this of the episode road episode. totally yeah. does yeah it's not okay i didn't knock it out of the park okay let's hear you you're, well, let's hear i'm your feeling limerick. pretty good about my limerick yeah you said that earlier um, so let's hear it okay here we go I hear it uh limerick for vis-a-vis on the view screen a shuttle a coaxial drive paris sees steth comes aboard Swaps his body with ease. Balana's perplexed. Janeway is body swapped next. And the whole thing is called vis-a-vis. Oh, wow. You've been <laughs> through it. Oh, look at you. Wow. 
Yeah. I'm going to promote you to black belt now. You Ooh. are now you are now master of limerick. I'm going to say it one more time because it was so good. Yeah. Here's the limerick that I'm super proud of. On the view screen, a shuttle, a coaxial drive Paris sees. Steth comes on board, swaps his body with ease. Balana's perplexed. Janeway is body swapped next. And the whole thing is called vis-a-vis. Ooh. Boom. Yeah, man. That's, that's I feel like that is my best limerick. That's a very witty and creative yeah. limerick by Rebecca. It really <laughs> is. I am really impressed. Okay. Gonna, Good job. I know you're not you're anyway. never gonna tell. You're never gonna you're never, never gonna, gonna disclose. Never gonna how, specify what percentage of participation that Rebecca uh, not gonna specify, <laughs> gave never to gonna that. specify. Okay. Still, okay. it doesn't matter if it comes from you or it comes from you and her. It's still a good limerick. So thank you. Good sir. job. Thank good you. job. <laughs> hey, let's talk about the guest stars in this episode real quick. Let's do let's Dan Butler. Yeah. Dan Butler. Dan yeah. the Bulldog Butler. So from Dan... uh, Frazier. Frazier. Yes. Or is it, fact, no, is it th- Frazier? Or did I get yes, that wrong? It is Frazier. Yeah. yeah. I think that maybe Frazier was his television debut. Because I look back at his credits and he's got a ton of credits. Yeah. But the very first, the oldest credit he has is Frazier, which means, by the way, that he did Voyager on the heels, like simultaneously. I think he was still doing Frazier. At the same time. At yeah. the same time or that just makes sense. winding it down. So okay, Voyager was one of the first things he ever did as well. Frazier wow. was certainly the first. Yeah. But Voyager was one of the uh, the first things. So Dan Butler comes from the theater, did a lot of theater, made his name in the theater, as we said, uh, you know, made his debut on Frasier. And that is the TV show that he did, I think, 56 episodes or something of that. Okay, right. But he's done a ton of stuff. The other guest star is Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, who played Dalen. Elizabeth McGlynn. Okay. McGlynn. And uh, she has a name. She has a name on this too. Yes. Dalen is the name, I guess, that came up Mm. in the credits. Yeah. But she has more credits than I've ever seen any actor that we've ever had on Voyager. Really? But they're all video game credits. She's most known as a voice actress. Hundreds of video games, cartoons, things like that. So I'm sure like in the fandom world, she's probably been to comic cons and signed video games and all kinds of things. She's definitely in the genre world. I probably played games that she's voiced. So probably uh, characters. on. So interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, written by Robert J. Doherty. Do you, does that ring a bell? This name? The writer? Bob Doherty was a writer's assistant. I yeah. see. Okay. He was a writer's assistant. assistant. This may have been his first script. Yeah. He, he wrote a, a really interesting story and mm-hmm. tricky one to execute. It, I thought it he did is a great tricky. job. Yeah. It can get a little bit confusing when you do body mm-hmm. swap type of episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by one of our favorite directors, Jesus Salvador Trevino. You're right. Was one of our favorite. Our, our entire mm-hmm. cast loved Jesus. He was very gentle and calming, and yeah, uh, I thought he did a really great yeah. job in this episode. Real in real subtle ways, the way the scenes were blocked, the way he sort of revealed little details. I thought yeah. he did a great, great job. So. Yeah, yeah. So we open up this entire episode in the garage, mm-hmm. where you are working on a 1969 Chevy Camaro, and I actually wrote "Paris the Grease Monkey" without knowing that oh, that that's was funny. the name Without of the your, lines. Yes, I had no clue that that was the name of your program. You know, Paris Alpha mm-hmm. One Grease Monkey program, uh, and the doctors—he's upset. 
He's upset about mm-hmm. Paris not reporting to sickbay for his duty shifts there and for further training as a nurse, as the assistant to the doctor. He's not happy, really, with you. He's very frustrated. And, you know, Tom is sort of planning off like, you know, I'm just, there's nothing exciting happening there. Yeah. You can tell that he's feeling a little antsy in this scene, that Tom he Harris is. is going through a bit of a, a midlife crisis of mm-hmm. sorts. He's mm-hmm. he's sort of bored with his assignments and and trying to have fun. And, you know, this holodeck seems to be very meaningful, which we realize later on. You know, he acknowledges that he's sort of been escaping yeah. uh, his responsibilities or his life a little bit. But let's but, call uh, it a mid-series crisis because we are in the middle crisis. of the series right now. Exactly. Yeah. Practically right on the nose. So that's yeah. that's funny, too. That mm. is funny. Yeah, it's a mid-series crisis for yeah. sure. Okay. I, I made notes that the grease is perfectly placed on my cheekbone <laughs> on one side. And it is. Um, the other thing I remembered as I watched the scene was yeah. wearing those coveralls. Yeah. Was I, such amazing change of pace from uh, the wool tight suits yeah. that we wore all the time. I bet so, you, you were comfortable. Uh, it was roomy. You could have stored food inside of there. And I no could have, stored, would have known. As I watched this episode, I actually yeah. remembered that I got cold on set, which I never got cold <laughs> because we had those wool uniforms, wool uniforms all the yeah. tight, you know, underneath yeah. parts and everything. It was, oh, yeah. I was always hot and uncomfortable and sweaty. I have a question for you. That garage set was built on stage 16 or was it an actual garage of a house that you guys went on location to shoot? No, it looks good, right? It was it looks built. Wonderful. It was built on stage nine. Actually. A nine. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Which is uh, the same set as Sick Bay and Astrometrics and Engineering was yeah. on nine. And there was enough area for us to build for other small sets, sets yeah, for small there. sets. And that's where your car was driven yeah. in on. And they built the whole garage there. Two more things about this opening scene I remember. One yeah. is there was a lot of movement. I remember yeah. when we were rehearsing and blocking it that I was getting up. I was going around to one side. I was coming around to another. I was sitting in the car. I was, mm-hmm. And I remember saying, are you sure you want me moving this much? Like, this is going to be a lot of shots. Like, we're going to be here a long time. But Jesus was like, no, I like this movement. And I remember, you know, Marvin always encouraged lots of movement. Mm-hmm. And Jesus goes, no, this is the opening scene. I want this to have energy and movement. I don't want to just sit you down and, you know, sit yeah. still because it's our opening scene. It needs to move around. Yeah. That came back to me. The other thing that came back was the music playing. Did you hear the uh, yes, yes, the music playing? I did. That is a very famous guy named Dick Dale. Okay. Dick Dale did surf music for all the surf oh, movies back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Dick Dale is a very famous surf guitarist, and I had always thought that Dan Curry knew Dick Dale, and that's how we got Dick Dale's music in the show. Oh. And for some for some reason. In fact, on the rewatch, I was like, oh, yeah, that's Dan Curry's friend. Yeah, Dick Dale. And then after we did the rewatch, and I always go and do a little research for, for our conversation about it. Sure. And I looked up and it says online, the reason that we got the Dick Dale music was not Dan Curry. It was Ron Moore. Ron, oh. Not the writer, Ronald B. Moore, our VizFX supervisor. Yeah, who yeah. Was kinda, Ronald Moore was a big fan and suggested it. And then it turned out that Dennis McCarthy, one of our composers on the show, mm-hmm. had actually played in Dick Dale's backup band. Oh my gosh. Before he became a composer. So that's how we got 
look at this dale music and i always thought it was i always thought it was dan curry what i'm remembering now is dan curry was a huge fan and dan curry got dick dale to sign a guitar and dan was so excited because he had dick dale's signature on his you know dan dan curry plays the guitar yeah so that was my memory was yeah dan curry being a fan of dick dale but not that he was the guy did you notice the guitar case and the guitar in the scene too no i didn't see that yeah it was actually stored at the top i don't know sort of like a shelf that's above up in the the, the rafters or something yeah yeah, it was up in the rafters so it was something that you have to really look to see but it was there it's a great set great set great great setting great holodeck yeah you know i feel like they could have kept that holodeck going and had people come down and help paris on the car or just hang out in the garage that would have been been a very simple yeah great little holodeck to keep going so now we jump to the bridge and harry has picked up some type of spatial distortion it seems Mm -hmm. like space is folding in on itself and a vessel appears and paris all of a sudden perks up and he's like whoa that ship is powered by a coaxial warp drive yeah how does he and know that paris yeah. never comments i mean it's always no, harry or no. tuvok exactly. or even chakotay that have information paris never knows anything exactly and evidently you know and chakotay doesn't has never heard of this he's like what and paris yeah. then explains well it folds space to allow a ship to travel huge distances instantaneously so then i wrote down Paris does science. And typically Paris is not Mr. Science guy, but here we are. Paris is yeah. all over the place with the, the science. The techno babble. They never gave me techno babble, by the way. They never gave it to me because no. early on they tried and I flubbed it up so bad. No. They stopped giving it to me. They but did. you could handle it and they gave it to you all they the time. They gave it to me all the time. But in this yep. scene, they decided that Paris was going to be Doogie Hauser and he would be the genius of how to save this guy. The core is breaching. I say, can we beam him out? And then Paris is like, no, we can't do that. And, and I think we should do a symmetric warp field. So Again, yes. this techno babble, you are literally pulling it out of your bum. It's sort of like, where are you, what the? Huh? Well, even Janeway says at one point, how did you know about this? And he goes, <laughs> advanced subspace geometry yeah. class. It was the only course that I paid attention to in school. Like, really? That's advanced the course that you get. Yeah. <laughs> geometry? Really? Sorry. That's the course that Harry's, you know, was the one yes. that loved. But but Tom, I was shocked. So it was yeah. it was kind of nice to see a, a new science loving Paris, which is yes. so rare. Well, you save the day. I mean, you, you really use that that symmetric warp field to help out that pilot, a fellow pilot of yours. Right. Well, it's funny because yeah, Paris thinks of this solution, does it, and then goes, yeah. got him. Yeah. And I pause for a minute. I'm like, got him. How do I know it's a him? Like, yeah, why yeah. am I See, assuming? Right. We don't know. We just had one life sign. We jump to the transporter room and Steth has beamed in and he explains to Janeway that he is a test pilot and he comes from the fourth planet in the Benthin system, which is approximately 20 light years away, which is not close at all. And clearly mm-hmm. he got there because of this drive, this warp drive that he has that is able to, you know, jump these huge distances, mm-hmm. this coaxial warp drive of his. Uh, and, for, you know, for all intents and purposes, I do think that Dan Butler really separated 
his persona that he has on Frasier from this character, he gave yes, it a different voice. He gave it a different inflection, yeah. right? But yeah. one thing about it that he didn't change was when he walked off of that transporter pad, I go, oh, that's that's his character from Frasier. Just his mannerisms of how he yeah, walked yeah. was kind of similar to his character in Frasier. Speaking of his walk, so yeah. we first meet him in the transporter room, you're right, mm. and Janeway and... I think Tuvok were there. That's right. To, to greet him, right? Yes. And uh, as they start walking down the hall, hmm. did you notice that he was leading the way as if he knew as if exactly. he knew where he was going? I was like, yeah. Wait a minute. I went. I rewound it. I'm like, why is he walking is he ahead, ahead of the captain? He, yeah. He's never been here before. No, he clearly hasn't been there before. Yes. They're heading to try to, you know, figure out how they can help him with his yes. coaxial drives. If right. he gets the coaxial drive fixed, he can get home. Yeah. It's a long way to home, though. Yeah. And then we jump to Chakotay's quarters. Yes. And Paris walks in and asks Chakotay, you know, I'd love a favor. I'd really love to help yeah. uh, Steph with with his ship, fix his ship. And Chakotay's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, you've, you know, you've been messing up lately, and yeah. uh, and uh, you're he not didn't showing show up, up to sick bay. Not yeah. showing up for sick bay. The doctors, mm-hmm. you know, made note of that, and yeah, you've really made some great changes, positive changes in the last four years. You don't want to mess that up. Yeah. And then he thinks about it, he pauses, he says, okay, uh, permission to go to sick bay. Right. Kote thinks about it and he goes, nope, no, nope. You're, uh, you're going to head over to Steph and help him with the ship. Yeah. That's an which, order. Which makes you happy inside. You, oh, I yeah. can see you're beaming inside. Uh, yeah. My other note in this scene is Paris's fluffy hair returns. I have like, the same what, note. What is happening? What? I don't know. <laughs> Who's doing such, your hair in this episode? This is fluffy hair. So fluffy. I mean, I, yeah. I, Goodness gracious. And it's, I know. it's going in every direction, too. It it's is. like you, it's a big wavy mess. Your hair is, has a mind mm. of its own. I've never seen it this fluffy. And it was fluffy to the max there. Very sure. fluffy. Yes. Yep. And then we cut to Steph's ship yes. next. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're starting to look at some of the parts. And they're both kind of doing some work independently. And Paris is uh, telling Steph about, you know, classic Earth and while he's telling the story, we cut over to Steph and we see for the first time that Steph sort of morphs into this female alien, yep. a different yep. alien, yep. looks female, appears yes. female, and then kind of morphs back just in time for Paris to turn around so Paris doesn't see it. Yeah. And this is our first indication of something is afoot. Something, something is, afoot. is not right with this one, right? But mm-hmm. this is the bonding scene. This is the Paris death bonding scene. Like, hey, you're a test pilot. I'm a test pilot. Yeah. We can be buds. And Seth even says, hey, why don't you go with me to test out this Mithrin battleship or whatever? It's It'll yeah. be a lot of fun. Just come on, join yeah. me for a while, right? Because we've saw Paris in, in the garage, we know he's a little bored with life these days, yeah. and this just feels like exactly the kind of adventure he always wanted to go on. But he says, "No, I've got responsibilities now, and Balana yeah. will be furious with me." And then he goes, mm-hmm. "Oh, Balana, Balana, ah, <laughs> and must clearly, leave, yeah. <laughs> yeah, must leave quickly. I screwed up. <laughs> yeah, he in forgot trouble. they had a date." Yeah. I forgot they had a date. So, I love yeah. how you try to play it off in the mess hall. Like you're like, hey, I guess you started without me. You're trying to be all yeah, casual. She's like, and then she goes, I finished without <laughs> you. Yeah. Yeah. And then you start nibbling off of her, like, you know, the, picking the, at her food. Yeah, picking at the you the food that she hasn't eaten. Leftovers. Just sitting the leftovers. That's what couples do. 
Is that what they that's, do? Yeah, couples just, do that. Yeah. What if that food had fallen on the floor and she just picked that's it up true. and put it back in the that's tray? True. Now you're eating like food covered with lint and you don't even care. Yeah. I, I um, thought it was, I did like the fact that I was nibbling and eating a little. It felt I did very like natural. It, it was natural. It, yeah. Felt, felt it was grounded the scene in a nice way. I was, it was. So. Yeah. Tom is very annoyed in this scene. He's you were you so quick to, to just be snappy. To get and I defensive. Just wrote, yeah. And yeah, I was I right. I wrote down what is happening with Tom's attitude right now. It's just. Well, that's the like, whole scene, right? Yeah, She's going, what is scene. wrong with you? Mm-hmm. What is going on with you lately? Mm-hmm. You're canceling dates. You're spending all this time in the holodeck. Yeah. And yeah, I wrote down Paris is being a jerk. He's acting like a jerk. Yeah. Which, by the way, I will comment and say, I know in the context of the story, that was something that was needed, that he did need to sort of seem a little distant and disconnected and irritated a little bit. But I I feel like they wrote that and then I added that sort of attitude and it was like bananas on bananas. It was like too much. Yeah. Too much. I I wish I had lightened that up quite a bit. Or do you think you could have allowed the the journey to that point of ultimate annoyance to have taken it a little bit longer where you built, you know what I'm saying? Cause it, yeah. I, it, for me, it kind of felt like you were okay for a second and then a switch just flipped over and you became jerk Tom. And it was like, Oh my God, there was no, you know, maybe yeah. if it was a little more time to build a little bit before you lost it. I wish I had thrown it away a lot more and okay. just not yes. leaned into the dialogue. It yeah. was, the dialogue yeah. was jerky enough. And, uh, yeah. And if, I, even if you just said I think it, if I had yeah. just said it and thrown yeah. it away, it would yeah. have been uh, much less more effective. Over, less overkill. Yeah. You, it, you yeah. really just, yeah. Instead of uh, using a hammer, you use a sledgehammer on, on yeah, Torres, right? You could have. That's been... what people say about my acting, Garrett, is that I... <laughs> It was like a sledgehammer you know, sometimes. Yeah, and I and don't I'll, disagree. I think, you know, I, yeah. there were times when you came on the bridge and I would announce the sledgehammer is here. I would say well, that and everyone applauded it's because true. We, it's you true. were known as the that was sledgehammer. My, that was my nickname. As that an was actor. your moniker. Yeah. I wonder if, McNeil. you know, I definitely see it in my performance and I have been away from acting for a long, long time and mostly yeah. coaching actors and, and, you know, directing actors. And, Correct. So having yeah. the distance myself to look yeah. back at what I did, I wonder, because I, I had come from the theater and did, did a lot of theater and big theaters with, you know, where you got to be big. Yes. The acting has to be really big. Yes. And I see some of that in my performance on Voyager, particularly really? this episode. Yeah. Yeah. That it, that it sometimes is just big choices. Like I'm playing it as if it's a, you know, 2000 seat theater, as opposed to, a camera five inches away from me. Yeah. And I don't mean this as a criticism, but Kate Mulgrew did came from the theater and did a ton of theater. And mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes Kate's performance also could be big choices. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no room for doubt. Like, you know what she, her intention in, in playing the moment is. And I wonder Agreed. if sometimes that comes from actors who build a foundation in a theater where your choices have to be bigger in order to read. Yeah. But I did like my line when uh, Bellana said something like, you know, what's going on? You've been on the holodeck all the time lately. What is, what is your, what, what holodeck program are you doing? (laughs) Paris's answer is the dancing girls of Namibia prime. Of course. (laughs) 
That was a good line. And then she's like, I'm yeah. out of here. She yeah, her reaction was perfect. It was exactly how she would react. She yeah, did it absolutely. Perfectly. All right. So we jump from this scene to Steth's ship, where we see Steth reverting back to the female form. Going in and out of uh, yeah. his female form. And he's he gets some kind of medical device and he checks with a computer mm-hmm. on his DNA stability. Yeah. And the and the computer says, uh, does a DNA stability analysis and says, basically, your DNA is going to revert back to its original form in three hours and 13 minutes. Right. He won't be able to stop it at that point, right? Yeah, he won't be able to stop it. And mm-hmm. he's got to figure out his next move in the next three hours and 13 yeah. minutes. Yeah, that's right. Now so- we're in the corridor and Paris is walking with Steph and he comes up with this what we need is a carburetor. Mm-hmm. We need a carburetor. And Paris uh, goes up to, I guess, I'm guessing it's Holodeck 1. Paris says, program Alpha 1, Grease Monkey. And they go inside and, and Paris explains the whole, you know, what a carburetor does with, with a 20th century vehicle. And this is news to Steth. And Steth is excited. Steth's like, whoa, you figured it out. This is- they have a little techno babble like exchange. It felt like a warp particles moment. It was Paris was kind of techno babbling and then <laughs> yeah. Steph was like techno babbling back yeah. and they're like, really? Yeah. And techno babble this and techno babble yeah. that. Yeah. It felt like we were both going to go warp particles. particles. Exactly. Close. Mm-hmm. Came close. Yeah. The end of the scene is important because Paris is searching around looking for something. It's a wrench and it's gone. Is that what it is? A wrench? Uh-huh. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. And that's important for this scene, for this yes. episode, actually. There's a tool missing. Um, we then jump to the cargo bay and yep. Steph has accessed the ship's computer. He's downloading Paris's file, the entire file of Tom everything Paris. The everything to do with Tom about. Paris, exactly. Yeah. Including uh, Janeway's logs as well, right? It's all yes. in there. Yep. And Seven arrives and calls him out on it. But, you know, with a little slick. He's very smooth. He's so Steph. smooth. He's a He's smooth operator. Smooth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he oh, really no, is. Tom wanted me to come in here and get this, this other information. Oh, yeah. She's like, well, no, you couldn't do that without him because, right. you know, he needs right. access codes. And- yeah. Clearly, he's, like, oh. he's done this before. <laughs> yes. He sneaks his way out of it by lying and cheating. Yeah, he's a bit of a slick Rick. Yeah. Okay. So we jump to the exterior shot of the ship. You see Voyager in that ship, and there's a captain's log, and Janeway says the repairs to the Coaxial Drive have been repaired, have been completed, and uh, that's ready to go. And that, uh, that space shot was very cool, by the way. I did like it. It was kind of underneath the ship, and you see yeah. the our warp drive sort of you know the energy moving around and his yeah. ship kind of tethered underneath mm-hmm. it was it was an angle that we don't normally see i just thought it was really yeah. cool i agree it looked good we're in that ship and this is when he gets uncomfortably close to you <laughs> yes right? i wrote yeah. real steph comes really close and then i wrote backing up why is paris backing up yeah and i think the intention there is obviously that like paris all of a sudden is realizing oh you're trouble yeah. and yeah. But there was something in the way this close standing, and we've talked about this before, they would sure. often block us in ways that were just like, no, you need doing? to get closer because, you know, yeah, that was a weird one to me. And then the sort of backing up, there was there was sort of a weird, like, I don't know if it was a flirty nature. Or it was like There was some sexual was, tension there. 
For sure. It was something weird. Yeah. Does Steth show you the, the wrench there? Isn't this where Steth says, I've gotten yes. your, your DNA? This is the moment where Paris is kind of realizing, uh-oh, this is not my buddy. Yeah. This guy is evil and creepy and really weird. See, this is what happens when you leave your real buddy, Harry Kim, to hang out with I know. alien I know. BFF, right? I yeah. should, I've learned my lesson. Yeah, yeah. He, Harry, he gives I've, you... I've, I've... <laughs> I've Did learned you learn? my lesson, Harry. Do you learn? You learned. Okay. He, he he then chokes you and then transfers whatever process this being uses. Yeah. It happens then, and the transfer happens. You morph into into Steth, and Steth morphs into you, mm-hmm. and then he fires this phaser. This green beam comes out, and I don't know if I'm guess he's put he's stunning you, right? That's he's what it stunned is. He's Par- yeah, stunning it, you. You don't know at this. You don't point. know. He later, looks like we realize that yeah. Paris does wake up on the yeah. ship, so you yeah. realize he's just stunned him for you know a, a while, so That's he'll right. be out of it. I've, I had forgotten this episode, as mm-hmm. I said before, and things were coming back to me on this body swap moment. All of a sudden, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I remember I really enjoyed this part where I got to play an alien in in Paris's body. It was just it was a great freedom to be like, oh, it's a whole different guy. Yeah. So, yeah. You got to you got to stretch your acting chops a little bit. Yeah. To, yeah. This is where it kind of turned fun for me as an actor. Yeah, of course. Getting to, getting to do that. That's why I could yeah. see that. I was jealous. I was watching this. Going, <laughs> oh, man, he had fun with this one. He had so much yeah. fun. So we jumped to the bridge and imposter Paris. Well, actually, let's let's correct that. Since this episode is titled vis-a-vis, which is French, I'm going to use the French word for fake, which is faux. I'm going to say Paris. faux Paris. No, I'm going to pronounce it the French way. Ooh. Faux Paris. Faux Paris takes his place uh-huh. at Cannes. And Steth's ship takes off. So we see. And by the way, Steph. by the way, so mm. Faux Paris takes Faux Paris. his place at Con. Yeah. But first he walks in and says, sorry, I'm late. Right. And then he, Faux Paris <laughs> walks the wrong way. Yeah, he does. Did you see that? <laughs> and I, I remembered this moment of thinking this would be a, cho- a good choice as an actor to yeah. not go the way that Tom Paris always yeah. goes. Good choice. He, he doesn't know. <laughs> right. So he's like, yeah. He walks over and he's looking around. You yeah. know, faux, faux Perry is kind of <laughs> assessing the bridge right. because he doesn't know this bridge and mm-hmm. uh, doesn't mm-hmm. know where Paris normally goes. And no, so, uh, no. You know what I just thought? In your limerick, you could have rhymed faux Perry with potpourri is what you could have done oh, if yeah. you wanted to. A There's a lot too. of rhymes here. But yeah, but good choice by you to take the wrong way down to yeah. the con um and nobody notices this nobody realizes that you've walked the weird way know, right? it's like, just like why didn't they anyone... go where are you <laughs> where are you going, going? <laughs> well she does say what's is uh what is it tom and yeah tom goes uh it's nothing or something yeah. i i made a note that i like the face that i made there yeah. when, when i answered her it was clearly not Tom Paris. The, yeah, it was response. a good. It was a good face. So it, it did. Steph, I made a lot of faces, by the way. In you this did. Episode. I did make a lot of faces. I was mugging it up. But you whatever. were facial mugging left and right, but yeah, it's fine. It's fine. So did Steph program an autopilot sequence for his for that ship to take off? Is that what? Yeah, happened? I think he because must have. Yeah. If you're unconscious, bo- yeah. yeah. Put yeah. Tom's body in there yeah. and hit go back home now yeah. that the coaxial drive is fixed. Right. Get out of here. Right. Okay, And he probably figured that like what looked like was going to happen, that the ship would go back, that they'd arrest that guy and uh, and that and and he'd be home free. Yeah. 
we jump to mess hall and Chicote yes. is now is talking to Paris. They're sitting down and he tells Paris that, you know, you, you really need to report to sick bay. And again, your choices as faux paris are great because it, it just, just a little bit off and everything yeah. you did. Yeah. I really, I really admired your work in this episode of just that little, little difference there that to change there was some fun moments yeah really really good yeah yeah Fopuri was a lot of fun to play mm-hmm. um yeah chicote tells paris to go to sick bay and yeah. paris d- clearly is not if uh, faux paris is not remembering any of this but he's no. trying to play it off like he does he is he is yeah. he's trying his best um yes. great scene in the corridor you're walking around. You see seven. You're like, nope, don't want to mess with that one. That, that one always calls. Yeah, that one calls Lots me out. Lots of and mugging <laughs> there. I, I noticed a lot of mugging yeah. in that moment. Yeah, and then and he you goes. Look- he goes to the to the map on the wall, and I was like, this is like what you see when you go to the shopping mall. Yeah, the mall. Like there's like, the mall map. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, a detail for the, for our audience to know is yeah. that map that was in the hallway of the yeah. ship. Yeah. Or that console that showed the entire ship. Yeah. That was not a, a TV screen or a video screen. It was just backlit printed graphic sheets of plastic. So because it's, you know, uh, plastic printed graphic sheets that are backlit, mm-hmm. they they had a shot of Tom Faux Perry pushing some buttons mm-hmm. as if he's trying to pull up the enlargement of the medical uh, sick bay right and then it cut to an angle where you couldn't see the monitor for a moment and then it came around when harry came in and there was the right. enlarged there's the enlarged area. replaced one yeah but it's a replaced graphic yeah. it was that not had a, to be a, physically replaced basically. physically like mm-hmm. pull off the other yeah. part put on the new part <laughs> Stick on that one yeah yeah and i th- think i remember as i watched this i was like i think i remember having to break the scene up and so when harry yeah. comes over was a whole separate time i think mm-hmm. we may have even scheduled it in a way that like yeah, you weren't there for the first part of yeah. of stuff, and then they got mm. to switch switch the the graphic, and that's how they got you in. So, oh yeah, um, and yeah. I honestly, I man, I just I was watching that scene, and I was thinking, I have to. Why did I not play that? Where I was more perplexed with you not knowing where sick bay was. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of yeah. like I'm like, oh well, you don't know where sick bay is. Well, that's weird. I, I just. I threw it away too much. I almost felt I like know. I should I have. I don't think so. I, you were like, okay. Why with it? would you su- suspect? Like, yeah, you, you're assuming. Of course, you know where Zip Bay is. Yeah. Like, that, yeah, that can't be real. Yeah, what you're doing. Okay. No, I, I totally bought that. I love that little walk and talk. And by the way, we walked and talked a lot. We did. And I know that that hallway is not that long. And so whatever Jesus and Marvin Rush figured out to mm-hmm. do, in terms of from seven of nine to the mall map to you and I walking and turning corners. I got disoriented. I was like, where the heck are we? And I know that, you know, it's basically one hallway there that, that curves around with a couple short little pieces off to the side. Yeah. And I got disoriented. I was like, how did they do that? I, I, I couldn't figure it out. Did you also notice while we're walking, we're right in the middle of the hallway and every background actor has, going, to, like, <laughs> has to turn their body sideways to get past us because yeah. it's such a small yeah. confined space. And, now, and the dolly is pulling backwards. So they're having to dodge the dolly. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We try to make it look smooth, but it's not always that smooth. Right. So then we go to sick bay. Faux Paris shows up and 
the doctor is giving him a very complicated assignment for the day. <laughs> lots and lots yeah. of very you got to calibrate the bio beds or something like that. Calibrating the, the bio beds oh and doing gosh. all kinds of things. And yeah. and faux Perry keeps going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Then the doctor starts to go to his office and Paris yeah. can't even start the tricorder. No, the medic- every time you hit like, a button, it goes, eh. yeah. <laughs> and the doctor turns around and then he like, hits uh? it again. <laughs> and the doctor turns around, keeps beeping. And so, oh my God. so the doctor comes over is very suspicious and yeah. faux Perry again, the con man that he is, yes. is able to first, he claims illness. He's like, yeah. you know what? I'm just not feeling well. I got to right. go. And the doctor grabs him and brings him back. And yeah. well, lucky for you, we can do the scans right here. Yeah. And then he comes up with another excuse. He goes, you know what? The truth is I can never live up to you. Yes. And, and the doctor, he, so he appeals to the, the doctor's ego, which of course works. It worked perfectly. The doctor <laughs> is touched. Yeah. And he tells Faux Perry, he says, Mr. Paris, uh, you should go reflect on your own strengths and realize your worth. And he puts yeah. his hand on Paris. And then Paris, yeah. Faux Perry, puts his hand up on the doctor's yeah. and has this moment where he's it's just a touching moment. A touching you. moment. Thank you, doctor. Such yeah. a funny, funny yeah. scene. It um, is. And you you did miss the, the line that the, the doctor said when he says, what did he say? He says, misplaced aggression, the shirking of responsibilities, all classic signs of an inferiority complex. So, we, you know, this this was yeah, a great. That's what sets yeah. him up. Oh, it's yeah. a wonderful, wonderful little set of lines there. I loved it. Yeah, good lines. Good, yeah. good scene. Very funny scene. Yeah, you touched um, the doctor's hand. I know. It looks like Bellana's quarters next. That's right. And Faux Perry is in there putting. He's putting because because remember, Harry said, remember, you missed those two foot putts. So That's now right. he's practicing his putting. Practicing uh, his putting. Mm-hmm. And I do remember doing that scene and I could not putt. I And in fact, this the shot that's in there is a missed putt. Oh, it actually uh, looked OK. I wasn't. I thought you did close, okay. but yeah. I remember yeah. they were trying and trying, trying yeah. with their camera down on the ground. Like you said, one to three takes. Right. Just don't have time. And so no, if no. I couldn't get it in a, a couple of takes, they were like, they okay, moving on. on. Yeah. We'll go on with, with, with the miss putts. So. Yeah. But when Milano um, walks in, your physicality of how, you're, how you stood there as faux pari was yes. perfect because yes, you, was- you stood so awkwardly and just how you leaned. How, yeah. You leaned over and you, I don't know, you were doing a Captain Morgan, <laughs> you know, position or whatever with the hand on the hip. I was like, that is so funny. That is, that made me crack up. I was, I was on the floor. I was like, oh, oh that's God. funny. Yeah. Because it wasn't Paris. That was, that was, yeah, you no. did, you, you, actually made that decision in your mind as an actor like i've got to do some weird physicality where this doesn't look like tom and it was great because it was so simple that choice was so simple to put your fist hand in a fist and stick it on the side of your hip like that (laughs) (laughs) it's great it was funny i also noticed in this scene that balana was moving around a lot and this is when roxanne was pregnant yeah so they had to do pregnancy blocks yeah, they stayed up. She went down, right? They didn't follow her because typically they would follow her down, right? Yeah. And then bring it. Yes, but they didn't. Yep. Stayed off her belly. I found, you know, uh, Paris's apology, Faux Paris' apology to be so creepy. It was. And then she kissed him. She kissed Faux Paris. And God knows what else happened after the scene cut out. Exactly. But they, they oh, poor Bolana. <laughs> she was conned by this poor 
creepy guy are you basically pretending saying, to be faux paris so yeah so how does that how does that make you feel real tom that i know faux paris had nookie i mean it's 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 implied implied that he had nookie yeah. with yeah. your lady yeah yeah and that's it's the and we, yeah and the payoff i feel comes later in this her. episode yeah it was bad it was bad yeah. oh my goodness okay so the next scene is uh, on steth's shuttle which is where he put the real Paris, who now looks like Alien's death. So let's call him Paris for, yeah. for now. Yeah. Um, Paris starts to wake up. Yeah. And he tries to uh, work speak. the controls. And, yeah. He tries to speak. He's locked out of all controls. And then the Ben, what do they call the Benthians or uh, the Benthian Benthian? ships arrive? But, but let's just say Dan Butler, yeah. great job. He's like, computer he's like he, i mean yeah. playing playing real paris as he did do a great body. job he did a yeah. great job right yeah. there yeah benton ships arrive right mm-hmm. the benton cool ships arrive to arrest him i love those ships those were like mm-hmm. really awesome ships i don't know who was doing the the design of those ships for this episode the visual effects but they look great really yep good. uh tractor beam and tractor uh, beam they mm-hmm. do get the shuttle and then uh, the real Steph beams yeah. over. Yeah, the real and... Steph comes in and fires on the Benthen guard, right? With mm-hmm. another cool looking ship. Mm-hmm. And then that Steph beams in and says, I want my body back. I want my body back. And then Paris, who looks like uh, Dan Butler right now in makeup, yes. uh, Paris says, we have a lot more in common than you think. Mm-hmm. And that's where we kind of go out there. So yeah. uh a nice we, yeah. we we're starting to realize all of this body swapping and all the layers how deep the the game has gone yeah it's deep um yeah we go to the transporter room mm-hmm. and balana enters mm-hmm. and she says what's what's your surprise to faux perry mm-hmm. and faux perry says what would you say to 24 <laughs> glorious hours on the famed fourth planet in the kendron system and then her response is, you mean the planet where Neelix is gathering food samples? All right. <laughs> and Phil Perry goes, mm-hmm. Because he's thinking funny. about having some nookie outdoors. Because like, mm-hmm. that's what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Mm. Uh, I thought Roxanne did a great job with her deadpan delivery of, you mean the planet where Neelix <laughs> is gathering food samples? Very deadpan, really funny. By the way, the picnic lunchbox that I'm bringing yeah. is huge <laughs> it is huge what the what do you heck have am in there, i man? bringing i know is, is this an eight this course like meal su- what do you supplies have supplies for a you, month <laughs> it was ginormous you must have you must have had a change of clothes in there swimsuit you know everything mm-hmm. ready to go okay and he's trying to talk her into this thing and she's like she's playing along for a minute and then she's like yeah. wait a minute are you serious yeah. she's like we would be in so much trouble and he's like come on and now, now he's getting faux perry is getting oh pissed off he gets violent here he gets violent he grabs her hand he grabs her by the face face yeah wow i just wrote wow that was you know what i don't ever want to see that side of robbie ever i I hope you never grab me by my face like that it was scary i didn't scary it was so scary where did you find that guy oh my god i don't know that's faux perry okay all right fine all right Leave it to Faux Perry. We go to the mess hall. Mm-hmm. And uh, Faux Perry is uh Are we in the mess hall? Or... Yeah. Oh, geez. I thought it was Paris' like quarters is what I wrote. I so. thought so, too. It's and not Paris' quarters? No, I think they put it in the corner of a mess hall. Maybe it is supposed to be his quarters, but I... they we shot it in the corner of the mess hall because when 
which is uh, weird because like the, uh, this is the mess hall of the entire ship. That place, people are coming in and going all the time. Yeah, so, maybe they were trying to pretend that the corner of the mess hall, I don't think they had room for Paris's quarters. Remember they uh, had to switch them out in and out? Yeah. So they probably had too okay. many sets or something. Okay. So they just decided to stick him in the corner of, of the mess hall and pretend it's his quarters or mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, he's drunk. Bottom line is he's drunk. Seven walks in. She says, why did you skip the meeting? And then she also says, why are you reading the captain's personal logs? Oh, yeah. like, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. She sees it from over his shoulder that yes. while he's sitting there drinking, yes. he's reading the, the captain's logs that he had stolen from, yeah. uh, from the other computer. Have we established before this that Seven has a photographic memory? Have we, have no. we talked about? Okay, no. because this is kind of... This, this comes up in this episode. Yeah, she so. says, uh, he, he lies and says, I'm not, that's not the captain's log. She goes, yeah, yeah she says, I have a photographic memory. Do you want yeah. me to repeat what, what I saw you reading? Exactly. And she starts, to, she starts to repeat a line of it there. Yeah. And he gets pissed off again, snaps and grabs oh Seven too. Yeah. yeah. Grabs her. Yeah. And threatens her. Yeah, I was actually getting excited because I was hoping that, you know, that there'd be a fight and he'd go down well, well, because so. you know seven always punches harry so i thought oh yes <laughs> faux paris is going to get punched out not harry so i was really expecting that to happen but it didn't i know it didn't happen i know tense though very tense very tense and then we cut to the ready room janeway's sitting on her couch and uh, the door opens and there's faux paris yeah. and janeway is mad and yeah, one she's... note that i made is she's sitting on her couch for this disciplinary conversation, mm-hmm. which is very strange because usually Cape Mulgrew is up and pacing and moving and taking charge. And yeah. this was a very unusual blocking. And I honestly don't know if I liked it. I think it would have been better if she had been up and moving. She finally stands up near the end, but um, she does, but I almost feel like maybe Jesus was like, okay, in the next scene, when, Janeway is being choked by faux paris. It -hmm. needs to be in a place where we can shoot it. It's better if you guys are in the couch area. So I think maybe that's why she started on the couch, right? To make it easier for for, Mm -hmm. for the camera. But who knows? But you're right. It was awkward. It's weird. It was a little awkward. And it took some energy out of her performance, I thought. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. instead of her being decisive and and the captain and kind of bossing the situation and stuff, she seemed very passive and sort of lacked energy there on the yes. couch but but she does uh she wants paris to report to sick bay for tests mm-hmm. and we see paris sort of jump her and then we cut out to tuvok where we hear janeway call security i need security right away yeah and we follow tuvok around and as the door opens we see paris is choking her yeah. and tuvok and the security team uh, run in and they stun him they shoot him they stun uh, faux paris faux paris mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and now we go to the steth ship the alien in paris uh are working together uh, to try to break through these lockout commands, get the warp drive online. They're finally able to get the ship up and running and they're headed for Voyager. Then we go to sick bay and the doctor has says, he says he's healed the phaser wounds, but he's unable to wake faux Paris. And he said, the strangest thing is blood analysis reveals traces of a second DNA pattern. And Hmm. that's very strange they don't know what to make of that so they're starting to puzzle together and then chico calls and he says a shuttle has appeared on yep. sensors so we <laughs> sensors. cut up to the bridge <laughs> we <laughs> cut, up, cut up to the bridge and steph and a female come on screen or really paris yeah. and the female alien come on screen 
And he tells Janeway that he is actually Tom Paris and he's not Steph, that, uh, yeah. that he's taken over his body. And Janeway says, you know, stay right where you are. I've got to go to sick, sick bay. No time to explain, she says to Chakotay. Right. So very, very abrupt kind of turn. And you Chakotay, know, Chakotay out, out, sort of. Out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then we jump the next scene. It's this interior of a shuttle where yeah. Seven is working on something on a console. And that's when we realize, uh-oh, there's a faux Janeway now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, so, he's taken over her body. Mm-hmm. Must have been in sickbay, I guess. That's when it or what in actually. The, in the struggle. It happened it in, in the, the struggle in, in the, the struggle. ready room. That's when he yeah. swapped bodies there. And we realized that, right? Yeah. So that's when uh, Seven is now phasered by mm-hmm. Janeway and then mm-hmm. steals the shuttle and takes yep. off in that shuttle. Uh, that's when we jump to the bridge and... Uh, Paris is now talking. Well, Steth. <laughs> this is so confusing. Steth and real Paris, Paris yeah. who looks real like Paris, Steph. who looks like Steth, is talking to Chakotay and finally convinces him that he is really Paris in Steth's body. And he says, and "Trust me." Trust me. Yeah. Chakotay's like, "How do I know it's you?" And yeah. he says, "The real Paris, who looks like Steth, says, you know, the other day I was in your quarters and yeah. you told me that I had turned my life around.' Right. And please give me a chance to prove it.' Right." And that's exactly what Chakotay had said. So You know what? I think that was a waste of time. I think real Paris sh- should have said, Akuchi Moya. And then at that moment, yes. Chakotay would have went, oh. Ah, yes. Akuchi Moya. And then let you go. Yeah. Um, so you are now released from the tractor beam and you, got, mm-hmm. you and... Um, other Steph in female body are now taking yes. off <laughs> to fa- to chase after Faux Janeway, right? Uh, the shuttle chase begins. Very confusing. Yes, it's so confusing. But the best part of this whole shuttle chase is the line from Faux Janeway when Faux Janeway says, send my best regards to Belana. And, and she has a creepy laugh. That, 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> which, which really meant that was the payoff laugh which the, the, under, the subtext was I had nookie with your lady is what yeah. that laugh was. Right. Agreed. Creepy. creepy. So creepy. creepy, Kate. Horrible. What a creepy performance. That a good is. job by Kate Mulgrew. Yeah. And <laughs> then was... uh, we, we go back to uh, the real Paris who looks like Steph <laughs> and he's trying to think of how to, how to stop uh, the shuttle. Yeah. And he remembers the coaxial drive carburetor combo right. idea. And Which is like, kind of uh-huh. like a, it's kind of like a war particles moment where you're like, carburetor is what you kind of come yes. up with. Right? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> and then you, you disabled the ship. But here's the thing. Faux Janeway did a great job. Kate did a great job as Faux Janeway mm-hmm. until she puts her palm in her, in her, you know, uh, the, the, she puts her forehead in the palm of her hand, which was very much Kate Mulgrew as Janeway, I felt. Yes. And not yes. faux Janeway, right? So mm-hmm. there's a little bit of, you know, tweaking that could have gone on yeah. there, but okay. But yes, Paris, uh, the real Paris does disable the ship. So mm-hmm. he's able to stop this alien that keeps jumping bodies. And then there's a captain's log where the, the captain says something like, the doctor has figured out a way to return the victims to their original bodies. Yeah. And I just hit pause and I'm like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. How, like, how did you figure that how out? Did, doctor? We just kind of skipped over a really huge part of like, right. I, okay. 
Sure, let's go. Clearly, that is the writer knowing there is only three minutes left in this episode. Yeah. I must tie everything up very quickly, right? Yeah. Done. So we go to sick bay and the doctor has returned everybody to their bodies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I wrote again, you know, we skipped over how the doctor has been able to recover everyone to their bodies. Uh, Paris, Steph, January are all put back in the right bodies. But I wanted to see Steph. I wanted to see the real Steph, but we didn't see that. No. We just see female Steph stand, sitting there, standing there, mm-hmm. and that's it. They say that they're going to try to find all the other victims the shapeshifter has violated mm-hmm. uh, when they bring him back to Benthos. So that's kind of how we wrap up the Steph story. And then our little coda at the end of the episode is in the garage. Mm. Paris is showing balana the holodeck that he's been hiding out in and working on the car and she goes it's a garage and he's like it's more than it's so much more than a garage it's a monument to the hundreds and hundreds of hours that i probably should have spent with you should have spent with you (laughs) (laughs) i love that line how does she Uh, pronounce the car what does she she says Camaro. 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 <laughs> Camaro. Camaro. Oh yeah. my goodness. It was very funny. Uh yeah, yeah, she looks looks on the side of the car to see what it's called. Yes, nice Camaro. Yeah. And then you guys um, have a nice makeout session. And then we have a makeout. Yeah. And I do remember filming this scene when she had to get in. There was concern because of her belly, her pregnant belly. Oh, how, how she to would get sit her in, in yeah. the car. And yeah. because those old cars, you know, if anyone's ever been in these old cars. They don't have seats that just slide up and down. Like the yeah. seats are fixed. They're fixed seats. So you yeah. have to you have to maneuver your body to get uh-huh. into those vehicles. Mm-hmm. And then she had to turn so that we could do the makey outy part. Yeah. And uh, yeah. She, she was very pregnant at this point. So see, that's when you should have uh-huh. looked down and said, whose baby is that? And then it would have turned into a whole soap yeah. opera thing, right? <laughs> is that Steph's baby? Or the identity theft alien baby? Or whatever you want to call that person. Or my baby. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, what is your theme for this? Do you have a theme? Yeah, a theme. you know, my yeah, for me, I, I just, you know, my theme was everything in moderation. Because mm-hmm. you spent hundreds of hours in that garage, and that was you kind of putting all your time into that and of mm-hmm. and avoiding and ignoring your responsibilities as a boyfriend, as a as a crew member on this ship. So you were going overboard. You were kind of going, you know, putting all of your time in one thing and not balancing your life out. So everything in moderation was my mm-hmm. was my theme for this or this less my lesson for nice. this episode. How about you? Don't invite aliens with weird noses that you don't know on your ship. That's my theme. Why did they invite him on? Like they hadn't even kind of downloaded if he's a good guy or a bad guy. They're just like, come on over, come on over. Come on our ship. My, uh, my don't other, invite strangers in. You can be nice other, to them. You can help them. Just don't invite them in your house okay. until you get to know them. That's True. all. Is that your theme? Okay. Yeah. My sub theme is invest in firewalls for your laptop, your mobile device, so no one can yes. steal your identity. Steal your data. Identity theft is real, yes. people. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> I like your theme, though. All right, everyone. So that is our recap of Vis-a-vis. Vis-a-vis. With, with Faux Paris. I hope you oui, enjoyed oui. it. Oui, 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 oui. oui, oui. May we, oui, oui, oui. Jo- uh, join us next week when Robbie and I will recap and discuss the episode, The Omega Directive.
Ooh. I, like, I like that name. The Omega Ooh. Directive. Scary. Mm. All right. Very ominous. And for all of our Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your wonderful bonus material. Mm.